0: And welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Bowage, and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule. It's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Now, often I'll read a book and then wait for Juliana to finish the same book, but this time it's not happening. But still, Juliana is joining me for this episode. Say hello, Juliana.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: And uh, you started reading this book. No, I actually, let's start did. this Let's start this podcast in a different way. Okay. Do you remember the first episode you joined me on the science fiction book review podcast?
1: Actually, I do.
0: Okay, what was the book that we uh, reviewed on, the, on that episode um, of the podcast?
1: Uh, Hyperion by Dan Simmons
0: Hyperion by Dan Simmons Let's quickly look at that uh, Because it feels like um, That was when we uh, Oh yeah That was in 2012 So it feels like That's been It was kind of like It's kind of You're a recent addition To the podcast Of course it's not (laughs) Like I did the podcast By myself From 2008 to 2012 And now you've been on Like most episodes Since then Longer than that Yeah So it was was sort of like Maybe Let's say Like in total Maybe like five years Of me doing it Mostly by myself Yeah And uh, And seven years of me doing it mostly with you so of course True. you are there the, maybe we should rewrite the introduction but the introduction has <laughs> been the same anyway Hyperion is a novel which has come up in two of the recent novels that I've listened to uh, that, that I've that I've read recently uh, uh, listened to as audiobooks yes. one of them is a book that you started and then you didn't have any more as an e- ebook uh, from the library app yes I had to was, give it
1: back which was so the, I went halfway through the book Which was
0: The Vanished Birds uh, by... Let me have a quick look here by... Oh, I had it here. My Audible Library, let's look at there. Vanished Birds, a novel by Simon Jimenez. Yes. And that starts off with a story of... I mean, we'll mention this when we actually get around to reviewing that, but I finished this. And it starts off with a story, and it's like these two people who are on a planet, and one person comes, and then and they have a, a love affair, and then mm. she leaves and comes back. And for him, like, 14 years has passed, and she comes back again for, for her, yeah. just a few months so. has passed. And they and they, they continue on. They age differently. Yeah. And in the end, she comes back, and yeah. the old man is... Uh, uh, I think it I can't remember exactly what happens in that, but that's just the opening story. And it's yes. like a short story. Uh, it's it's like a, maybe an hour and a half of the audio book or whatever. Yeah. But that's just the first chapter. Yes. And it kind of sets it up. And you and you spend time with the guy who's left on the planet. And I was like, I've read this before. And I was saying to you before, this really reminds me of another book. And I was like, I know this story, like this whole concept of a love affair where one person ages uh, faster than the other due to science fiction time travel or, you know, time dilation gubbins. Yes. And um, and then here, uh, it actually came to me as well. Uh, part six of Hyperion, the console's tale, uh, uh, remembering Siri. The console tells the story of Siri. Uh, engages um, several voyages aboard a spaceship to build a farcaster portal um, and then eventually falls in love with Siri. Each time they meet, Merrin and Siri age at different speeds due to time dilation. The difference grows more pronounced until the eighth visit, in which Merrin returns to find Siri dead of old age and the farcaster ready to be activated it's the th- that's the whole that's, point that's, yeah, the, that's that's exactly that's, the story and i was because i was listening to this one and in the uh, in this um uh, the vanished birds yeah and i was like i know this i've i've heard that like i've done it like i've seen this story told it's very
1: familiar and it's exactly yeah. the story
0: okay okay now here's another thing you've read the start of salvation by peter f hamilton which is today's book that we're going to do
1: yes i have started reading it
0: and the setup for that is uh remind me if any of this uh, sounds familiar because you read that first chapter or that first section of salvation yes. the setup for hyperion is a group of people are selected uh, a group of people from different backgrounds are selected to come together into a team to go and visit an alien artifact on a different planet yes um just on the eve of uh an invasion or an eve of a war yeah and they have to travel together to this alien uh this alien planet to get this alien to find this alien artifact yeah along the way before as they're going there each one of them tells their backstory um of you know why they're selected or why they've been chosen to go on this trip to this alien artifact and we're told right at the start one of these people. People who are going to tell their story in this in this group is a um, an agent of the enemy. Okay in the in the case of Hyperion it's the Ousters that he's pretty much told the console who who is the point of view character for those for the frame story yeah. is told and one of the people that you're going with is probably an Ouster agent like we have it on good authority that one of you is an Ouster agent
1: like a spy kind like of like a
0: spy an okay. agent for the enemy and that's the setup of Hyperion okay the setup sure as you've just read, and yeah. I saw you on the couch yesterday and you were like, "Oh!" and you pointed over to me and you're like, and one of, and it's the same setup. There's a group of people, you, in, in this case, they actually kind of know each other. Like, it, it's clear that they know each other, yeah. but they're traveling to an alien planet yeah. as a group. Yeah. They've all been selected to be on the assessment team for yeah. a certain reason. Yeah. And um, you haven't got to this point yet, but each one of them tells the backstory of, like, why, like, how they know each other, what their yeah, your backstory yeah, yeah, yeah. is together, I, and I, why they're chosen to be coming. on the assessment Assessment team, and you're also told, and the and the and the guy, the point of view character um, on the assessment team, is said, and one of these is an alien, and I've got to track down, and I've got well, to work out who the alien is. Yes, yeah.
1: and um, he looked at the people, like how how he came to this is, he looked at the reaction of the, of all the people in the in the in the place yeah. where they travel, and then he said, and I couldn't see who who yes. of them would yeah. be the alien. But now here comes my different reading of this. You said immediately, yeah. enemy. Yeah. And up until this point where I'm reading now, yeah. it doesn't feel like enemies. The the aliens get introduced at the very beginning, yeah. and they feel friendly. They feel like, uh, oh, we're not going to say that we're here. We're going to just observe and yeah. not do anything. Yeah, okay. So for me... Currently I, I'm like not far enough. I know into you're the
0: book. not far enough into the book. But the the other part of the story is Julos in this salvation. It's sort of like in this uh, five, 600 years in the future yes. on another planet yes. where these kids are being trained to, to be earth, soldiers yeah. um, because Earth is at war with and being hunted by uh, some aliens. And so that's a whole point, you know, this, uh, oh, so, so that story, again, insane. you've not got far enough into them, but <laughs> it's clear through the other, like, there's like three time frames. One yeah. is the frame story yeah. of the assessment team going to look at this alien spaceship the that's artifact crashed, the alien yeah. artefact, and... Yeah. Um, Each... One of those uh, people tell uh, a backstory. Not all of them. I think there's like six of them, and you get uh, you get five stories or whatever okay. like that. um Each one of them tells a story about how they interacted with each other yeah. or some adventure that they had, which kind of makes clear what's going on in the background. Yeah. And then there's also the stuff happening 500 years in the future, which is kind of giving the backstory of what happens after these people get to the alien, uh, to the alien artifact. Again, you've not read that far but that's the no. that's the setup to the, the story oh, okay so yeah
1: um i i really am I'm you're very like two chapters in <laughs> yes but then um the the they get told that the artifact is the spaceship and mm. it has humans on it mm. and now i get this julos thing yeah uh, the when it happens on and they they talk about oh yeah. and we have to leave the planet and stuff yeah is this spaceship with...
0: Okay, I don't, I don't want okay. to go into the details. My point is right. that Peter F. Hamilton is very, 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 very knowingly going. Hey, I'm going to do a Hyperion style story. Okay. There's more to it than Hyperion, and also less to it than Hyperion. Let me okay. just put it that way, <laughs> um, because okay. Hyperion is doing is doing other things with that frame setup. Right. Um, i was just looking over here on the on the. Um, on, on the the Goodreads section as well, Tamahomi rated it three stars. He says uh, um, it's structured like Hyperion or Canterbury Tales, where each traveller goes into a personal story on the way to somewhere. I'm not saying it's uh, yes, it is structured like Hyperion, but I'm saying it's not just structured like who, Hyperion. The setup of the story yeah. is Hyperion. It's like okay. we're on we're not just on the way to somewhere. We're on the way to an alien artifact. Yeah. It's not just that we're all telling stories. The stories that we're telling is for us, the reader, to have always in the back of our minds: is this person who's telling a story an alien? Is this per like? Is this person an enemy? Like, so we're
1: constantly looking for clues. It's like
0: you're looking for clues all the yeah. way through. Now I read the like the opening of the story. I'm like, hmm, this is kind of similar to how you know. Actually, once you got into like the third chapter, and you real and I realized what the yeah. structure was. It wasn't just sort of like these are going to there and the the last line of that first assessment. Theme uh chapter is. And also he wasn't, he couldn't tell which one of them was the alien. And he sort of like you kind of lean forward and you go, Oh, up until now it's just been like normal Peter F. Hamilton kind of stuff. And then you kind of lean forward and you're like, aha, tell me what. And then when you get tell into those more. then you get into those stories, and I realize, oh, it's just doing it's not it's not structured like Hyperion. It is doing the same setup yes. of Hyperion. And here's what I want to say: even knowing that. And knowing the resolution of Hyperion and knowing like in the Hyperion, uh, setup, in this Hyperion setup, um, in that case there's seven people yeah. and you get six stories And yeah. the reason you get six stories is because one of them dies before you can tell the story yeah. and i was and i'd actually looked at the how many sto- how many of these chapters there were going to be i was like all right so there's six people <laughs> on the assessment team and there's only five um and there's only five stories being told and i'm like ah i know why there's only going to be five stories like in that chapter list why there's only five of the assessment team uh, of the of the backstory ones even yeah. though there's six people on the assessment team and i'm like oh i've read hyperion i know i we reviewed it twice now on the on the podcast. I know how this sets up, and I was also like, and I probably know because of reading Hyperion. I was who like, I know, I know who is it going to be. Like, because I was remembering, I was like, oh yeah, it's that kind of thing. And it was kind of disappointing in Hyperion to find out who the enemy agent was, and I wasn't. And I, and in Hyperion, I think that's one of the weak points of the story. Mm. Is that I think the ending of Hyperion is a very weak part yes. of it because that I payoff that. isn't very good and at the end it ends with sort of like and then they all join hands and walk towards the Shrike uh, d- the Shrike zone together yeah. singing we're off to see the Wizard the Wonderful Wizard of Oz and I'm like wow that's disappointing and then you read the second book and I, that's one of the most disappointing books I've ever read on the science fiction it's like the most the disappointing,
1: most disappointing like, second book Hyperion,
0: yeah, Hyperion is sort of like 4.5 star book for me yeah. and I'm like let's follow it up and the second one like I stopped reading and read the Wikipedia page to make sure I didn't keep reading I was like, I just, like, it, all I'm doing is wondering what happens and why. And it turns out it's ter- It's Nothing. not satisfying anyway. Okay. Um, and so, but Salvation, I think the ending is much better. And I saw some uh, mentions here. It says it ends on a cliffhanger. And I'm like, it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It perfectly resolves everything that's gone on. And weirdly enough, for me, it's got a really great ending. Because even knowing that this is all based on Hyperion, mm-hmm. and even knowing the ending of Hyperion, he knows that people like me are going to be like, hey, this is just Hyperion. He's just doing the same setup and the same structure and the same payoff. Even knowing that it still paid off in a way which I found delightful, surprising, entertaining. It's sort of one of those things where I'm just like, oh I hope it's not just, hi-. it's sort of like, no. It's a story for people who like Hyperion, like the structure of Hyperion, like the setup of Hyperion, but were unhappy with the payoff at the end. He <laughs> pays it off really well, yeah, and pays it off in a way that you're like, oh, oh you've got a, you've got a phone yeah, call. Just, it I doesn't matter. matter. Okay, uh, <laughs> it, okay, I not So um, he pays it off in a way which is super satisfying and really sets up like the the future conflict in a way which makes me care about it more. Unlike Hyperion, where they get to the end and it's sort of like, and then read book two to find out what happens next. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, read book two to find out what happens next isn't a payoff for this book. What I want is, yes, this people did this, they did it for that reason, this explains everything that's been going on in the background, all these mysteries that have been brought up with these backstories and all the mystery of like, why is this future world 500 years in the future in the Julos chapters? Like, why is it all like that? And then, as the last chapter of this book happens, everything is paid off in such a satisfying way. It does end on a cliffhanger. Like, it really is a cliffhanger. But that cliffhanger comes from the resolution and answering of all the questions and the ending of a story. Like, the story gets to a point and that part of the story ends in a very satisfying way. Okay. And then it says, and this sets it up for the next book in this way. So, so
1: you just what? said uh, three minutes ago, what? whenever you started this. Yeah. Uh that There is no cliffhanger,
0: now you say there is a cliffhanger. No, no, it's it's what I'm saying is it's not just a cliffhanger. Okay. Because there was, I saw some some reviews when I looked a few days ago. I can't remember which one it was um, on, on this one, uh, but yeah, it, it just says oh, and it ends just a uh, um, yeah. I mean, I can't find it now. Looking back at it, doesn't matter. It. Um, but so it, it, people said, said it, it's it disappointing that it ends on a cliffhanger, and I'm like, you're not getting the writing skill here. A cliffhanger is good. If you've paid off all of the things that needed to be paid off to make the first book or the first movie or whatever it's going to be, if that is a satisfying unit of entertainment and a satisfying unit of character development and a satisfying um, uh, uh, unit of story and plot and all these other kind of things that it could be, if that is a satisfying thing... It's okay to then say, and then guess what happens next? <gasps> I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. That's okay. A, a cliffhanger is okay, okay. But if a book ends just on a cliffhanger, yeah. it's not okay. Yes. And that's what I felt like Hyperion did. It's sort of like, and we've set this whole up thing up, and they're walking towards the Shrike, and... And you're like, oh, so really what we had is a short story collection with yeah. a frame it's, story. It's an
1: episodic goal.
0: Yeah. And a, and a short story collection with a frame story is yeah. not a novel. Yeah. But if all of those stories in that frame story come together. are connected in yeah. a way yeah. where they do all come together. And I think that's what I really like about Hyperion is that it is kind of just a it's a, a short story collection with a frame story but then it kind of ties it all together thematically it's very it's like theme based and and like e- because each in, a, in Hyperion each place that you visit is like on a different planet with a different social setup yeah. and yeah. one person is is a is a story of a priest on a on you know and it's gothic horror like yeah. the the genre is gothic horror and then you go somewhere else and it's a woman and she's a detective on like a and it's just you know kind of a blade runner noir yeah. detective Kind of thing, and another one is sort of like this crazy world-building space opera kind of thing. Mm. Each one of those stories, uh, short stories, is very, very different. And in those different stories, different settings, different genres, it's kind of playing with the same themes, and that's really satisfying. What Peter F. Hamilton does is each one of the short stories that you get, which feel it feel they feel much more connected because most of them are based on earth and they are set in order. Uh, like each one happens 10, 15 years after the last and the characters continue on and the world building is the same. It's not like, oh, and I crazy different planet with different technologies and different social structure right. and everything because like that. they're all that. coming from the same Yeah, because they're all coming from earth. Yeah. And all of the action in those backstories all happens on Earth. Mm. Uh, No, actually they do go to another they do go to some other planets, but they go to other planets which are frontier, Earth like planets, very connected. Human Um, settlements. Human settlements on other planets rather than just crazily going in there. And each one of those stories is like a different slightly different genre. One of them is sort of like this caper um uh, uh, not capable what am I trying to say like a a heist one of them is more of a heist kind of thing mm-hmm. another one is a police procedural kind of thing someone's been murdered we've got to work out where the, you know who's been murdered and why yeah. they've been murdered and find the find the suspects Um. another one is sort of like an investigation like ooh what's going on conspiracy theory something mm-hmm. something another one is just an action kind of thing like we're getting into this thing and the other one is a great big dumb object where Peter F. Hamilton is like hey I wonder what it would be like just to do rendezvous rendez- with Rama, no, not one What's the? Um, Eon by um by Greg Bear, I think it is. Greg, someone, Greg Bear, maybe. I never heard of this um, one. Ian, no, Greg. Greg Benford? One of the Greggs. Uh, one of the science fiction Gregs. It's just a big dumb object arrives from space and people go in. It's a big rotating thing and you go in and you explore the first chamber of a big rotating thing and then you go through to the next chamber and you explore that chamber and then you go through to the next. It's exactly, you know, rendezvous Rama, Eon uh, kind of stuff and and he's just doing that kind of thing. Oh, we're going to space? Um, a, a, a big ship arrives from outer space and the, turns up at Earth and then we send some people up to explore it from Earth? Mm-hmm. It, he's just doing this kind of thing. So it's fun that he gets to play with these different genres and these different kinds of stories with these different people as he go, as it goes through. But it feels all much more grounded and based in the same world with the same problems. Like, who's this recurring character in the background? This agent called Cancer. And she's called Cancer because no matter what, she gets you in the end, she kills you in the end. And oh, it's sort of like, okay. and, and all of these people, well, not all of them, but numerous of these people are, who we tell the backstories have their run in with Cancer. Like she's always like this ca- agent of chaos in the background is like who is she what's she going on and as you go through the book you get more of an understanding of who she might be like that so what i like more about this than hyperion is that all the short stories in the frame story are paid off like they play into each other more and kind of pay off stronger at the end when when there's the big revelation at the end of what's going on and what the conspiracy is and and who the alien is and all that kind of stuff all of those things are paid off and you can reflect on them and go oh now knowing this that makes sense and that makes a story that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense and that makes sense you know which at the time you're like mm, this world is a bit complicated nobody quite knows what's going on yeah. by the end of the book you know everything that's gone on and all the questions are answered yeah it's um,
1: uh, talking hyperion it's much more like they are uh, so far away yeah that it takes more effort to bring them together and.
0: In in Hyperion. in in Hyperion, yeah,
1: and I have not read this book, but yeah. from your what you're telling me is that because it's closer together in like the sense of uh, it's uh, humans and related yeah. to Earth yeah. or related to human settlements, so it's it's like it's closer, so it's easier than yes. to to connect it back together in a in a in a framework which yeah. fits. And the other ones, it's more of a meta kind of yeah. It's level in, in Hyperion
0: of... is working at this kind of meta level of storytelling. Yeah, and Peter F. Hamilton is is working at a very grounded sense of storytelling yes, yes. like for example in the first so- one it's Callum and Yuri and you're like oh but it seems like the main character is this other person and then I was thinking back it's like oh no but she wasn't on the assessment team but Callum and Yuri were that's why it's that's why they're like turning up and it's how those two characters met for the first time and then you don't see Callum but the next story is like and now it's Yuri's story like right. he's doing something in yeah. the next story and
1: so it's like and- a bit like a over yeah, the, passing
0: the baton, pass, yeah. and then there's Jessica, which is in one story. Then she turns up in another, in another story, story later. Yeah. yeah, so you
1: have recurring people, so you know, so, so in your brain, it's not like separate things. Yeah. So it's it's more like a, a network that yeah. you get to know and get to understand. So yeah. in my, what often happens in. Pol- pol- police detective procedural yeah. stories is that yeah. they will have like a a wall, yeah and then they have oh yeah this um, is totally that things are like uh, this is totally articles, the wall with yeah and with, then uh, they have the pins and then you have the, this is
0: totally the red string, the red between, string pins between pins on between it pins. that is literally what this book is like yes. it feels like Peter f hamilton has gone write. i've got all these elements yeah when do i connect these strings together yes. and at the end he draws like, two, like a, he's like he, yeah, dot yeah, in yeah, the yeah there's <laughs> a dot where you know and at the end what he does he gets a piece of red red string with two pins yeah. and just brings it up and just connects it together and suddenly like oh everything makes sense and it's just all he needs to do is connect that, that and that because and he, got but all he doesn't the other just network. draw the line it, he did it in a way like i know it's weird to say this that again not spoilers but sometimes when someone says oh and there's a great twist at the end you know that there's going to be a twist you know that there's going to be a reveal at this but even knowing that it still was one of those things where i was like oh that's really oh right Ah, that's actually really that's clever in a way which I wasn't expecting and looking back I should have been like of course that's what it should have been like it was all there all along it's always (laughs) but but like I say the best to make me feel clever I want to be fooled I want to be ahead of the author about 75 to 80 percent of the time
1: but then and that that makes me
0: feel cleverer than most authors but then I want some authors to get what like 20 percent of the time I want some some authors to like get one over on me not in a cheap way but I want people to I want them to get one over on me that I sort of like oh i didn't see that coming yeah. and that's amazing that's really yes. clever like that's what i had when uh, when i uh, what was the um what was the starship troopers but someone was like hey i'm just doing starship troopers what was that um what was that book that we, it was a recent book. I should just uh, look it up here.
1: I'm we read it twice. I I'm gave it always, five stars I'm twice. I'm so bad with these, with these things. I
0: literally gave it five stars. The Light Brigade oh, by Light Cameron Brigade. Hurley. This oh, book, yes, the payoff of, of this book, It's. I don't think it's as good as The Light Brigade because, again, it's, it's, it's other works in these cases, other works are doing, it and they kind of rely on you knowing. This book, I, I think um, Salvation by Peter Hamilton. I think the enjoyment of it relies on you having read Hyperion twice and Hyperion, and you rating Hyperion so highly. That if was one right. question
1: I wanted yeah. to ask you because I would say now forty uh, percent of this ep- of this episode. I've been talking about Hyperion. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I I wanted to ask you: Is this book um, like an homage to it? And no, it do, isn't. And yeah. do you think you have to have read Hyperion to enjoy this book? No, is this no. connected? Uh,
0: there's lots of things that science fiction writers who, are, who can work on the level of Cameron Hurley or Peter F. Hamilton, and also Alistair Reynolds does this with some of his books as yes, well, yes. where he's, you're reading a book and he assumes that you're a science fiction expert yeah. going into it. Something like Terminal City where there's this tower and you're like, oh, it's a space elevator, space elevator, space elevator. Yeah, this is a book about a space elevator and all the kind of steampunk stuff going on and all that kind of stuff. But and you at have the to end,
1: have an understanding of what in spa- a space elevator is. He doesn't explain it.
0: Also, you have to understand loads, of, you have to have read lots of Mars science fiction. Like right. you need to know about canals on Mars, Barsoom um, uh, and like spirit and also real world Mars stuff With the spirit and the opportunity, landers and stuff like that. That's all in there. He never once says in that book that it's based on Mars. And it's not a space elevator, but because it's based on Mars and because space elevators are such a par- big part of red Mars, right. you think that this tower going up into the sky is a space elevator. Yeah. And it turns out it's not a space elevator, but he's he's twisted it on you. He's done it in such a clever way yeah. that if you know enough about the Mars science fiction, mm. he tricks you into thinking, you, you have these associations with your mind about like, oh, I've read read Mars, and I've read the Barsoom novels, and I, you know, and all these other things that are set on Mars, including yeah. the one where there's the Pyramid Maker, and each time that it makes a pyramid, it gets bigger. I can't remember it's a short story, famous short story. Anyway, you're looking at me like all confused. Science fiction people who have read lots of science short stories will know the story about the the alien that makes a makes a little pyramid and then makes another step and makes another period that's slightly bigger and then makes another step and makes another period. You know, it it's a it's a weird kind of thing. But if you have that knowledge of Mars, Science fiction in your brain, Mm -hmm. you can enjoy Terminal World at like not more, but you appreciating other things going into it. a different level. Yeah. You
1: see things that other people would not see like that. So, uh, and that's
0: what I get with Hyperion in this book. Like, knowing Hyperion, knowing the setup of Hyperion, knowing the structure of Hyperion, and knowing the payoff of Hyperion made me enjoy the payoff of this more. However, if you didn't if you've never read Hyperion before and you just read Salvation, it's a perfectly fine story. It's a good story. It's well plotted. The characters are interesting. Yes. Every, the world building is great. It's all good. It's just sort of the extra little level of like, ah, if you if you know Starship Troopers and you and you read The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley, there's just another level of appreciation that you're gonna have, which she put in there for science fiction nerds like me who have read Starship Troopers multiple times. Right.
1: So ha- the way I see that yeah. is if, um, uh, my understanding of pop culture yeah. is very, very mm, young. <laughs> I uh, have not have that many... Uh, I haven't seen lots of TV shows and haven't yeah. seen a lot of movies. So what we're doing as, as well is we are watching movies where I've seen the movies that reference Reference these and I didn't get anything. As an example, we watched
0: the movie Easy A, uh, which is from 10 years ago, and it's referencing movies from, like, the 1980s, like 1985 or something. Yeah. And uh, uh, is it Emma Stone? Yeah, it's Emma Stone, isn't it? And she says, oh, life isn't like the movies. There isn't just a random musical number. And you see... uh, Oh, there isn't a kick-ass musical number. And you see... um, uh, uh, What's his name? Um uh, Matthew Broderick dancing in a uh, a thing, and it's Ferris Bueller from oh, Ferris yes. Bueller. And oh, yes. you looked at me and like, I recognise that scene I now, now because we watched scene. Ferris Bueller's Day it's Off a few, uh, exactly. like, a, like three movies or two movies before Easy and yes. stuff like that.
1: And so it's it feels a little bit like that. I get stuff out of these movies that I watch or yeah. I read books and I get stuff out of them. Yeah. Um, but often I haven't read the all the previous, like I know there's this massive sea of uh, previous science fiction. Yeah. And but you can still enjoy
0: these movies yes. for example another ferris bueller's day off reference which i didn't get at the time which but i now understand is probably a fer- I, if i search for it it'll probably be revealed as a ferris bueller's day off reference is in spider-man homecoming where he he does the same thing where he runs through the back the y- in, in suburbia yeah. he runs through the not parade he runs oh, through oh. the backyard oh, yes. and is going over this and going over like and going through it and then tripping over stuff and that's that scene from the end of ferris bueller where yes. he, the car's going one way and he's having he's- to get there before the car and he's running through people's backyards yes. in that suburbia like young like school kid skiving off from school you know yeah. that whole setup and I but I only noticed that when I watched Ferris Bueller and I was like oh actually yeah that that's there it didn't make me in it didn't mean that I enjoyed that scene in um in Spider-Man Homecoming less like I enjoyed it the same amount yeah but now I'm like oh If that would have been in my mind when I would have watched that, I'd have been like, I see you. Yeah, I see you. Like, I see what you're doing here. And and sometimes it does blossom into a a richer reading experience. And I think having Hyperion in my head, uh, reading this novel, and also Peter F Hamilton having Hyperion in his head, yeah. and is also saying for the people also with Hyperion in their head, yeah. what can I do to make it that it isn't just a homage, isn't just a pastiche, isn't just a like, oh, I'm going to do my own version of this story. Yeah. It's not. It's he's doing his own version of that story for people who would appreciate a version of that story which also wasn't the same. And that's what I really dislike, say about the you know the the the. the um, like the latest Star Wars movies, just for example, because it isn't for you being like, hey, we're going to do a version of this story for people who have seen the previous, previous uh, stories, yes. you know, or seen the previous movies. But then they, they didn't, they, it, there wasn't that extra level of, yes. like, it's those references are only going to make sense when they make sense. They're only going to be included if you're... You're only going to notice that they're included if you're knowledgeable enough to see them, mm-hmm. like, to just know the past and, and to see it that way. Yeah. But, it, but Star Wars has never been able to do that. It's always been like, and now, yes, Chewbacca is meeting Yoda in the past. And you're like, ah, oh, it did... That, Look, that's too you can't just rub our faces in it. And yes. Star Wars just rubs your face in it yes. all the time. Over and over. So if yes. it's if it's somebody rubbing your face in a previous reference, it makes you feel like an idiot cuz it's sort of like, "No, of course I, I, I of I course I, I recognize yes. it." Yeah. And that's what I want to say about this is that this is a very clear, there are some very clear references to Hyperion. Yeah. And I mentioned it to you before when I was reading it. I was like, it's just the thing from Hyperion. And that's in one case. In Hyperion, it's, it, I think it's in the poet's story. One person accidentally writes a good book and becomes one of the richest men in the world. Mm. And it talks about what it was like to be the richest man in the world. Yeah. And he lived in a mansion with, and there's there's portals between different, you can go between different planets and different places with portals. Yeah. And in that, he had a home where every different room was a on different a different planet. world, on a yeah. different continent. And he went to, you know, he'd go through and his kitchen was on Mars and his bedroom was on the moon yeah. and his uh, his front door was in San Francisco yeah. and uh, and his his shower was on Neptune or whatever, it, you know, a the moon around Neptune. And it talks about that. Now, in Hyperion, that's just done as backstory. Not backstory. It's done as world building. It's sort of like what can I use to illustrate this person being one of the richest men in the world? Yeah. And he just describes the house and describes what it's like in the house. Yes. Now, if Peter F. Hamilton had just done a pastiche or just done a homage or something...
1: He would have taken somebody's backstory being like that.
0: Yeah, he would have just said... Now I'm going to describe the house I'm on. And what you would do is hear someone describing their house or you would see someone in, and this house is owned by one of the richest men in the world. And therefore, let me describe this house. And it would just be someone describing a an impressive house. Hmm. And in this case, he did the whole thing where everybody's like, everybody's uh, every second room or every room in the house is on a different continent mm-hmm, slash mm-hmm. planet, different parts of the solar system. Yeah. Um. But he doesn't do that. No. He takes that as a foundational set Setting and then says, now, what if there was a, an action sequence in the past, what would it look like if there's a gunfight where every time you go through a different room the gravity changes and there's like you're on a different continent and the weather changes each time you go outside of one yeah. of these rooms. If you jump yeah. out the window of this room you're in Antarctica. If you jump out the window of this room, yeah. well you can't because you're on Mars yeah. and there's not enough atmosphere there. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing. But then he says we won't, I won't tell that story. We'll tell the story of the investigators arriving and trying to work out what happened why there's been a gunfight in this place and then like tracking a gunfight through these different places. So each time you go in." into another room, it's not just like, wouldn't it be crazy if the if the bedroom was on Mars? Wouldn't it be crazy? No, it's being
1: described right in the beginning when we arrive with the assessment team.
0: Well, that, that there's portals.
1: That there's portals. No, I'm and saying the, in th- that
0: section where it's, it's, we don't just get a description of the house. We get someone entering the front door in New York and yeah. then saying, this is a bloodbath. Where's like where's where does where's the next room and they go through and it's being told from the point of view of a, a crime scene investigation yes. police procedural kind but of thing. But
1: also, what yeah. I want to say yeah. is that it isn't just it's one person's uh, yes. special thing. It is described right in the second chapter what it yeah. is that this is a, a concept and everybody, portals and, yeah. and the portals lead, can lead from like you step one step and then you're yeah. uh, 18 light years away. Yeah. So it is described and it's something that is part of the world. Yes. Everybody knows about it and everybody's living in it. Yeah. And, and, and it's just described. And it's that's not, the
0: interesting thing that it yeah. isn't just a bit of, it isn't just a bit of character development yes, exactly. of like, Oh, a rich person could afford all this. Yeah. Like it literally, there's this point in that chapter where they go into the next room, the investigator uh, goes into the next room and is sort of like, he's, he's pretty much like sighing and saying all right how many rooms are there like he's already annoyed by the concept because for him it's not special it's just yeah. sort of like one of this those weird just... things that rich people do and he's like and they say don't worry we're more than halfway through the rooms and he's like oh thank fuck for that <laughs> like yeah. he's actually happy just to get it over with in that yeah. way so if you've never read Hyperion this concept of every room of the house being on a different continent or a different planet is new and interesting to you but there's it's kind of like throwing in references like oh if you already know this from Hyperion don't worry this isn't this isn't just a." reference no, this is actually in service is, of a greater story yeah, and and it's conspiracy the, part and part of the world building yeah and it's
1: it's it's explained really like what i like about peter hamilton that he always sets up his world um as uh for the people living in it yeah. it is normal yes and and us for us readers we just got to keep, keep it's, catch it's up. it's not normal yeah. of course but because the, the way that they talk about it, they're living in it um it's not like a a weird kind of uh okay our reader human yeah. current person needs to understand how this works you just keep being put into the okay this is how it works these are the new terms yeah just this is the term just for just go this, with this it. is the yeah. term for that and they are just
0: yeah, different transport hubs that they're talking they're about using
1: yeah. it uh, in their everyday life so they're going to just t- talk about it they're not going to explain everything they're seeing because for them yeah it, it doesn't need explanation and stuff yeah so um this is what I've always really liked about Peter Hamilton's world building is that he he it's not just like exp- like we're not going in there and then we get a monologue of somebody um, looking at things and, s- yeah. and saying oh this is what I'm seeing no no this it's is all done it by action it's exactly. all done by
0: like we uh, we need to show that these two people are from different worlds but actually they're one footstep away or whatever there's a there's a logo oh no there's the, the the motto of the the, um, of, the
1: of, of the
0: connections company yes. everywhere is one footstep away or yes. whatever it is. Like yeah, yeah. that, everyone's one foot away because there, there's portals everywhere. But here's the thing: Peter F. Hamilton has been done portals in science fiction oh, yeah. a lot. Loads. He's he did the um the, the no which which one is it the um
1: due doesn't change yeah due doesn't change in that
0: one the way that the portals work there is it's all done by railway switching and we were talking about this Mm. before the entire climax of the book is pretty much a novel about railway switching yeah and and how they well not just the climax, the whole world building is there so if you want to go Mm. somewhere you don't step through a portal because the portals are very expensive and they they want to be open for the minimum amount of time or however it works yeah and each portal isn't just connected to one other place you can actually switch where the portals connect to yes that's the idea idea yeah. being that you can open a portal somewhere else yes um it's not that you have to take something there and then you connect two ends of a wormhole yeah. it's when the the book opens with them i think going to mars isn't it they and there's uh there's someone who sets up um a portal like yeah. no there's a Mar someone took they, there was some people landing on mars i think in that book and then they're like. Hmm, Wait a second, someone else is on the radio circuit on Mars. How can that happen? And it's the guys in the basement who've opened a portal from Earth uh, to Mars. Yeah. So in that case, you can open a portal to anywhere, but it takes a lot of energy and it's very expensive. But then when you go through, when you go through, it's best to get everyone on a train, get everyone ready to go through the portal, and then open the portal, take everyone through on a train in one go, and then close the portal and be like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. So there's like a different economy, different management. And in Great North Road, where there's a different way of doing portals. Mm. In that case, the portals are these big things and you're like driving through with the construction uh, material they're actually these massive massive things whereas in here he's going right i've done portals with trains i've done portals which are only pretty much good you open a portal send everyone through onto a different planet and close it again and then you know it's it's more of a kind of temporary kind of thing or it's very very expensive and here he's like what would it be like if portals weren't really 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 expensive you would just use a portal to get across a city yeah you, know, you just have a a,
1: yeah. a door in your room, in yeah, your house, yeah. and where you can just open it, go through, and, you're and you somewhere. close
0: it, somewhere like that. This is isn't so-
1: this is what everybody wants?
0: kind of. I mean, I was never quite sure does light go through because I was never I was never really sure if light nah, goes through. Doesn't matter. And then I was thinking this what about details. gravity? Does gravity through and I did and then I was thinking actually, let's not talk about that. Well, he's
1: talking about the gravity when uh, when the assessment teams uh, arrive at the Yeah, other when thing. they go they, through
0: the portal. Yeah. But do gravity can gravity waves go through a portal? Yeah, and
1: that's also being talked about. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like this like they're talking about this gravity stuff and then how gums goes, goes back and forwards and Yeah, like, I'm not sure. It and... Again,
0: I think there's different gravity on either side. things yeah. I don't
1: know the turing Oh, the Turing's
0: are just their um, artificial intelligences, and, uh, and they have... And they, it's they like ca- the
1: security system, isn't it? Well,
0: the security system, in some cases, is sort of like, hey, it's a G... Actually, as like I say, these, these uh, backstory sections yeah. are actually in, in individual parts. They go through time. So at the start, there's right. only G5 Touring's, like Generation yeah. 5 Touring's. And then later on, I think in there, uh, then they get the G6 Touring's. Yeah. And then in the assessment team chapters, which is the frame story, there's some G8 Touring's. Right. And then in the uh, Julos chapters, in the future, there's G10 Turing. Yeah. So it feels
1: very much like we're talking uh, uh, 4G, 3G. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what it is. Uh, uh, but each one of them
0: is—it's sort of like it's not—it's not on that you know uh, Morse law doubling every 18 months. Yeah. It's—it's it's sort of it actually goes out. So at the start, the generations come really quickly. But they even mention in the book that each generation is more work and takes longer to get to the next right. breakthrough level of, of course, artificial intelligence, generalized artificial level, intelligence.
1: Once you a certain level, the progression. So what I'm falls saying down. is,
0: what I want to say is, yes, there's portals in this book. It's a different, it's a different setup of portals. Right. Um... Which creates a different world and a different economy and a different foundational place for him to play in.
1: Yeah, because he, people live different.
0: But because they're portals, he doesn't need to explain it. It's sort of like yeah. when someone writes their um, when someone writes their third time travel book, even if the time travel is works in a different way, you don't have to say ah. But if you go back in the past and change it, it's sort of like no, we everyone understands now what portals are. Yeah. In this case, they're small portals, and you can um, you can also take portals through other portals which is one of those things that sometimes isn't allowed in this kind of stuff um in with science fiction like, okay yeah in the kind of thing don't let the streams cross like if you suddenly go like an
1: entanglement yes yeah. like an entanglement kind of thing
0: like you can't let two things get too close to each other
1: yeah and um, then it diminishes yeah
0: it diminishes or they explode or yeah. whatever it is yeah um, it's sort of like oh if you go back in time and touch yourself in, in some of these things then you're, yeah. you're then you're His annihilated walls. and so never touch yourself if you go back in time because yeah. then there'll be a singularity and the earth will explode or whatever it's going to be that kind of stuff and in this case it's sort of like yeah a portal through a portal no problem uh, a portal next to a portal no problem jump through three portals without touching the ground no problem you know it's it's all like portals are just a, an everyday fact of life or whatever so yeah, yeah so, um, um, yeah. so What's h- up? how new is this book new oh this came out uh, uh, two years ago Okay. The next book in the series came out last year, huh. and the third book in the series comes out later this year. And oh, this is why you're now handy. reading it because we're going on a summer camping trip, and we've yes. got we're going to drive to France, and that's like an eleven-hour trip. Yes. This is a twenty-hour audiobook, so. Uh, I want you to finish this book in the yes. next two weeks before maybe not I'm just like it'll be fun I'm doing
1: my best if
0: you finish this book before yes. we finish our holiday so we have a fun audiobook that we can listen to together as the follow-up book to this there's okay. lots more stuff I would love to say about this novel but I think I think you should just well, you should read it and I we're gonna get on yeah. yeah you should read it we get onto the second one and we'll start our review of the next book with your thoughts about this book. Okay. Because, because
1: I do have uh, already I have uh, marked some stuff and uh, I, I would want to know one thing. Yeah, what's up? Um, you listen to the audiobook, yeah. right? I'm reading uh, this as an ebook and yeah. um, there's some things that I um, marked because they um, they were uh, quite apparent. Um, when um, he 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 has. You're quite not going to a...
0: do spoilers right away. No 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 oh, no okay. no
1: nothing. No, okay. it's, it's it's a technical thing. Yeah. So he he uses different pronouns and right. he, he uses different things for different people and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Now I want to know. Um, there is something in in the book that's written like this.
0: C. Yeah.
1: How's this pronounced?
0: C. 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 This not is- German, it's not Z, it's not yes. a Z, it's a C.
1: Yes, but to me, this C is here. very tricky because yeah. this literally means...
0: But, she. Yes.
1: In German. Yes,
0: I know, and so, that's and that's that, again. I don't want to get onto the discussion about personal pronouns for no, no, no. non gener specific no, people because no, we've done that. That's not my discussion. Uh, okay. My
1: discussion here is that if you take a pronoun that yeah. in another language literally it, means a specific she, pronoun, I know.
0: that's why I disagree with this.
1: Yes, I disagree with this as well because it doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. It's difficult to to abstract it. Yeah. If this pronoun means a spe- gender-specific pronoun and you're using language, it yeah. in a different language as a non-specific gender pronoun. It
0: works okay with... Um, when you're listening to it, Yes, because when I was listening to it, it's it not pronounced in the same way. Yes. But I was like, I can, I see what they're doing here and I also disagree. Again, I'm not going to be the person who, uh, who, comes uh, up who, with... who comes up with or decides yes. the uh, non-gender-specific personal pronouns right. for science fiction writers. No, of course. I don't... I think... I'm not sure this is the correct choice. Yes, in my if for me in my that's, head. That's
1: all I wanted to point okay. out here is that uh, if, if if a German reader reads this in English, and yeah. it comes across. Yeah. zero. However,
0: uh, it's it's good. Like if, I, get I like
1: I like the approach. I'm I'm yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not uh, arguing any any anything about it. Just that yeah, that's the
0: pronunciation reading is, it, I yeah, stumble across it is different from the German reading of the same word, which means it's the personal pronoun for she, she, her. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I just think it's great that like it, it's got to the point now that if I read a science fiction book which is set kind of in the future or whatever, and that and they do, are they're not using non-gender specific personal pronouns, I think that's oh, kind of lacking a bit. Yes. Like, we like, why? Like, why isn't there going to yeah. be people with non-gender specific pronouns yes. three hundred years from now? It seems such an obvious thing. Like, it does. of course they're all using. Different different pronouns in yeah. these different novels. But Every science fiction writer is picking one for themselves.
1: Yeah, but but I like that because it becomes something.
0: Do you think? And I know I said we weren't going to get into the discussion of non-gender-specific personal pronouns, but wouldn't it be interesting if we do actually settle on these kind of things? Yeah. If they everyone would just update point, their e yeah. and just go, oh, actually. I had this character with non-binary, and now we've settled on that. That yeah. would be such an e- like such an interesting like example of like retroactively changing a work, which yeah. doesn't change anything about it except it makes it more um, acceptable, like accepting and more like normalizing for those people. I
1: think it will come. Like uh, languages, what?
0: no it's just the way i said for those people i mean i didn't mean it that way i meant for for the the people who who are impacted by people using the pro- wrong pronouns if they read Science fiction, histo- I say, historic, historic science fiction, yeah. which could be from five years before. But it was, it's if it's written before, like the general world, English-speaking world, has settled on non-gender-specific personal pronouns in that yeah. way. If you could go back through science fiction and just say, "Hey, we actually want to do our best to make yeah. this fit for the future," in a way which I am not sure would be possible for other ways, because it's so much just a word choice. It's not like a, it's not like a, um, a world-building choice, no. and it's not like a, I want to be mean to these people or I'm accidentally being racist it's not like oh we'll go back in these books and and change this racist term to a non-racist term and actually the whole book is still a racist work because it's reflecting a racist work exactly. but these are well-meaning people who uh, like these writers are well-meaning people doing their best who want to include non, uh, non-binary people in their novels and yeah, it'll no. Be... all
1: they're doing is they they themselves question this binary uh yeah, yeah. approach it's, and they're saying great. okay this this is just not this is just not how to be it anymore. doesn't have
0: to be that and but i'm think... saying that's different from somebody using a, a racist term and then going back and just updating the racist term to a non-racist term you're like but the foundation like that you're using a racist term the foundation of the book is is still yes, racist i, I yeah. understand
1: the good thing about ebooks is that um often i especially in my libraries i go uh, to the library and yeah. it has a section where it says oh we updated this ebook yeah so it can be done so you theoretically could uh send like a, a software update yeah, that yeah. you because send sent to cars they like and then, and then fix the spellings or formatting something. yes yeah. exactly so it this could yeah. could, could be done yeah I, and i i'm pretty sure at some point um it there's going to be uh an agreement amongst uh people and writers in yeah. the, the english-speaking world which are what are the rules, and what what are going to be? Here's the thing: the I don't
0: even think it needs to be accepted in the entire world and in the English Oxford of Victory. But there's these certain concepts which, within science fiction, everyone settles on, like a name for that kind of thing yeah like you know and an ansible has just and, and becomes the more, a thing and the
1: more a portal. people yeah the more people uh, that are going to use it the more yeah. normal it's going to become yeah the, the more the rule it's going to be and then uh, at some point people won't question yeah. this anymore but we, i'm
0: saying from then on all of the all the pronouns will be the it will be the same but there'll be this fuzzy period of 30 years of people yeah. using these pronouns in in works beforehand so yeah. it'll be fuzzy 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 and it would accumulate around one but that fuzziness is literally just updating the spelling of like four words yeah like i could literally her, go through her here, him uh, type
1: in the search bar, yes exactly like this kind of copy stuff, replace and then yeah
0: i'm just saying that's that's a lot of it and a lot easier update for many other socially changing use or uses of words that change within a social context over time yes anyway that's what i want to say right moving yeah. on uh, because oh wow it's been 47 minutes we've talked a long time about this book yeah, I and I haven't and I've literally mentioned three characters I didn't mention anybody who's in this book that's really crazy yeah. I, I've mentioned now, this it. is a
1: very general review I know
0: but it's a review it's like a meta review of what it's like and then I was thinking how am I going to rate this book because as it was going through I'm like this is good because it doesn't feel like a short story collection each one of these stories isn't just a something 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 and mm. then here's a twist at the end and it was a bit different from you imagined and then the person looks and wails in horror no I can't believe it yeah. And then move on. And that's what I dislike about so many so many short stories, is that you get into it, you spend about an hour with it, they set it up, set it, set it up, and it's sort of like then they just like do it this little twist all this lower like and it turns out, um uh Whatever, like it's a cookbook, you know, that kind of thing. And you just, and, and you're like, oh, it was, a, the whole thing was based on a misunderstanding. The whole thing was based on a play of words. Like it was like this one little twist or this one thing that if you understood what was happening, then it was revealed. And in this, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like each one of those stories, especially the first one, Kalam and Yuri, that, whatever that first chapter's called, it feels like a novel in its own right because it's doing a lot of world building, a lot of character development, and there's like four or five stages to the story. And it's quite long. That that first one is definitely the longest section. What's okay, it called? I'm not there yet. Um, Look,
1: I'm I'm now on Eulos.
0: Yeah no um, like every every third chapter is called Ulos so that doesn't oh, help at all oh I see so oh, it I says see. And oh, see, uh, the
1: assessment uh, ah okay if you okay, see I that see one that. yeah well, well so it's I, Earth um, Calling
0: the assessment team Ulos, and then the first long section of the novel is um, Calum and Uri. Uri. well so, I'm not that yet. No, you're not quite there yet it's like chapter four and it was weird when I got to it and I was going through it, and I said like, oh chapter four is four hours long or five hours long and yeah. I was like well okay this is one set. like I realised straight away oh we do, this is the one I actually realised uh, we really are doing uh we really are doing um uh, Hyperion uh this you know we're gonna short, but it doesn't feel like a short story it's chunky enough and it does a lot of the world building for later for the other later ones yeah. so you don't have to do that yeah. and it's just a really good fun story about it, it in fact it's not even about Callum and Yuri it's just they're the two people on the assessment team mm-hmm. so that's why they get the name check there yeah um, it's mostly that is Callum's story and like Who's this guy? Why is this guy in uh, uh, brought along on the assessment team? He's just a, he's just a working guy, and he feels like a bit of an idiot. But as the story goes through, you're like, oh, he's not an idiot. He's cleverer than me. He's cleverer than everyone thinks he is he's cleverer than Yuri thinks he is and like I say he's also cleverer than me as the reader if you know what I mean yeah. like that kind of thing and so it's really sat it's a really satisfying story in its own right yeah. and then you switch back to the assessment team Julos and this other kind of stuff Um. the thing that I found a bit uh, disappointing was Julos doesn't pay off in this novel but that's okay because it reminds me of the you know the dreaming void and the temporal void yeah. and the evolutionary void Yeah. a lot of that there was this guy who was just having this fantasy adventure just yeah. in the background Yeah. 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 And like hmm What's going on with this guy? And and it turns up in you, it's a fun story, fun fantasy world, whatever. Which
1: spans over the whole thing. And then
0: the second book pays that off. And most of the second book is his story. And then the rest of it is this science fiction adventure happening in the background of his story. And then what you get to the end of that, and it explains why his story is such a big deal Mm. and why people want to go into the void to join him. And it's sort of like at the Mm. end of the second book, you're like oh right that makes so much sense and then the third book very little of him in it at all and the third book is sort of like now knowing that what are we going to do? Like, how do we pay this off? And the third yeah. book is back in our not current times, but back in the science fiction-y times. Yeah. And there's only a little bit of the fantasy story going on. And that's what it feels like. This the Julos. None of that. I mean, there is some payoff. It kind of explains and it ties into it. But it does. You realize that's the thing that's being set up for the next sto- the next story. Okay.
1: So your prediction is in the next book,
0: it's going to be way more Julos like and way less about the assessment team. Okay. There'll be a bit more about assessment team, but I think Julos uh, or it maybe Julos is going to be the focus. third book or something. Maybe the th- because of the the third book i'm saying that it, there's work being done in this book which doesn't which For, uh, uh, more focused on this it, it feels like i yeah. uh, got to the end of it and i was like mm, not a lot happened on Julos. i mean it's fine the, the stories are fine it's some fun world building some fun storytelling some fun characters but it's sort of like oh they haven't actually done anything yet so um
1: thinking about this now, but it didn't that, feel like wasted time okay so we have these different uh, we have the assessment teams and then the backstories of the of the yeah. teams of the assessment yeah. team and then this julos yeah could this could this book have worked? Taking the Julos out of it, and then no, put it because separate. the
0: Julos is it gives the stakes of what's happening with the assessment team. Because right. Julos, uh, it's it's set five hundred years in the future, yeah. and humanity is like a fugitive on fugitive planets as the victims of a of an alien hunt or mm. whatever, like that mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't want to give too much away. That's kind of revealed as you go through more yeah. and more, yeah. and they're looking back and saying, they the assessment team is is like legendary, saintly figures." um uh-huh. in in that one if you know right. what i mean so this is so, why
1: it's called aa it's like after the uh, after
0: the assessment after team is or whatever it, yeah, it, yeah. it's like that yeah so,
1: yeah yeah um okay so
0: yeah that that whole thing and the book is called salvation and it's sort of like if we're going to be saved you know julius is sort of like they're setting up a thing to save humanity and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and there's other other stuff going on which i've not even talked to you about because i want you to i want you to uh pick up on this kind yes. of stuff
1: yeah, yeah yeah of course um
0: so, okay. Yeah. That's
1: uh, yeah. I'm. I'm really looking forward to continuing the reading it. So, uh,
0: how do I rate it? That's the part. My problem. Yeah. Here's my thing. Sometimes I'm like, ah. Uh, I rate this book like often happening on a second book in a series or a second movie where you're like that's a better book than the first or a better better movie than the first in the trilogy however it's only good because the first movie did a lot of the heavy lifting
1: and setting up like
0: Empire Strikes Back is only such a great movie because they don't have to set up the relationship Uh, they Mm. don't have to set up the force they don't have to set up who Darth Vader is they don't have to set up who the Emperor is we already know what the stakes are we already know everything like that and we can just kick off with the action and just be like action change straight away and you're not like Wait, who's these robots? What's, who's Luke? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. It's just sort of like we can just get into it and yeah. you just move on with it. And normally in a second book, I would kind of like downrate it in a way. But like I enjoy it a lot, but I don't think it's as good of a book or movie. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I don't rate these books on how much I think they're a good story. I rate them on how much I enjoy reading them yeah. or how I enjoy watching them. And in this case, it's the first book, but so much of the heavy lifting in this way has been done by previous Peter F. Hamiltons. Like, he doesn't need to go into portal stuff. He can go, we already know what portals are. Here's the the way that these portals are different from an economic perspective than uh, other portals, uh, and then how that plays out world building. You can just see it straight away. And also, a lot of the heavy lifting, for me, was done by Hyperion, but I don't think you need to have read Hyperion, because it still works, even if you don't have Hyperion in your head the entire time you read this. But here's thing it's not just sort of like oh here's the new star wars movie and you're only enjoying it because you already know like I'm not saying Empire Strikes Back I'm talking about The Last Jedi or what no not The Last Jedi what was the other one The The Force Awakens Yes. like if you were just watching that movie you would be thinking oh this is an okay movie but if it wasn't a Star Wars movie you'd just be like no it's a fine movie Mm. there's none of that connection there's none of that weight that comes with it you'll see these ruins of spaceships but you don't have any personal connection to those ruins Yeah. you see like these figurines that you know Rey is doing and she's playing Star Wars with Star Wars figurines but you don't have the connection of who those people are that she's playing or that you use Used to have star wars figurines when you were a five-year-old kid or yes. a ten-year-old kid yes. you know you don't have that connection and so a lot of the work of your uh, of your appreciation of the story and the characters and the world building is Has, dependent on another one. Yeah. Here's the thing: I don't think that's true in this novel. If you just read this novel and have never read Peter F. Hamilton, you yeah. might enjoy it more because you're not sick of Peter F. Hamilton doing portals. <laughs> and you might, uh, and if you've never read Hyperion, you might be you might be caught out in two different ways at the end by the big yeah. twist, rather than me, who was only caught out in one way yeah. by the end. And, and
1: I think what like I just looked through the uh, the content list. and yeah. uh, One of the um, after mm-hmm. chapters is. Salvation timeline. I think um, yeah. this is also so. There's um, there's, there's the, the the different the different storylines and yeah. different things, and then always is there like a okay. Uh, it's not a streamline. Yeah. Timeline. Oh thing. no, you're skipping it's around. Not, you're, you're skipping, skipping around, around lot, like yeah, crazy. Yeah. And
0: but here's the thing. I think Peter Hamilton was knowing what he was doing. He He's obviously got such high control over his characters, his story, his world building, and also oh, his yeah. references to Hyperion. And he's knowing what he's doing. He's working at that next level up yeah. from, it's not just a homage. It's not a pastiche. It's not someone relying on previous world building Knowledge, or previous yeah. other stuff like that. It's saying, let's assume that. And then how do we make a better story out of this one from all yeah. of it? And so I was, I really enjoyed this all the way through. There was never a moment where I wasn't like super enjoying it. So I'm going to have to give it five stars, even though I don't think, I don't think most people would give it five stars because if you're just going into this and you're not like, I don't think you even need to be a fan of Peter Hamilton, but I am going into this knowing oh oh, it's a Peter Hamilton book yeah I've read read. like all of his previous novels like I know I know his writing i read most of his short story collections like I know what I'm getting into with this and he paid it off in a way which actually surprised me and I'm like oh he's it's a new world yes and it's a new fun science fiction world and there's portals but he's just he's not he's moving on a lot quicker than he does uh, but he's also doing the same thing that he did in, in Great North Road where he's sort of like, all right, there's portals. It's going to be a crazy science fiction by the end, but we're going to start off with a... Sci- uh, detective With a, with a detective... Or... No, uh, like a police procedural. A police, it's not yeah. noir because it's no, literally no. a police department yes. in Newcastle. Yeah. And I lived in Newcastle and he's going on streets that I knew. Like I commuted on every yeah. day in Newcastle. They go down to the bridge. I saw that bridge every day. Yes. This starts off and they land in Tierra del Fuego in Ushuaia. I'm like, I've been there many times. Like yes. I go there on cruise ships all the time. The national park that they land in I I visited I I
1: mainly know Ushuaia because of you yes because I've
0: been there as well actually let me bring up my notes because there was a there was a few other things about this book that I was like oh I've been there like you know you go oh I've done that as well so uh yeah portals I made my note all the worked out all the fun permutations with two previous world building projects and for this one you can just go straight into it straight into it um yes it it, is very Hyperion so last night uh, uh two nights ago you know, I said, Oh, I need to find a new audiobook to listen mm, to. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna s- listen to the start of Hyperion again. All right. And it is so clear, it's sort of like, You've been chosen for the Shrike pilgrimage. Like yes. and even in that, where they have like a a, a a thing where they get together different important people. Even later on, there's another pilgrimage in this in in salvation. I'm pointing at your audio uh, your uh, your iPad, iPad, which isn't helpful for the uh, people uh, listening. Oh, keep my mic stand. Um, even in this, there's another thing which feels very much like the start of Hyperion, where yeah. they get together a group of of religious leaders to go and meet some aliens, and it's and it's sort of like oh, because I had Hyperion in my head, this was even more this was even more because uh, and then i listened to the start of hype and i was like yes it really was that because yeah. they're going around and saying what religion are you it's sort of like oh i'm i'm a catholic priest i'm an atheist and there's another guy i I like founded a philosophical religious movement, and then they even go around in the opening section of Hyperion and say their religions. And there's a real in, in this one as well. One of the stories where they actually get Is to this
1: the utopia kind of thing. No, it's no. they
0: get together. It's um, one of the one of the later ones as well. But he actually goes on a collection of spiritual leaders to go and meet some aliens. Right. <laughs> and and I was like, ah, he knows what he's like. Peter F. Hamilton knows what he's doing. It's not just the setup. He's, like, bringing these references all the way through. And by listening to Hyperion, like, this first section of Hyperion, and I got halfway through the first story, I'm like, ah, this is actually really good. Weirdly enough, the writing of Hyperion isn't as good as I remember it. It feels a bit clumsy in some places. And, And, again, because I read it twice before, the twists or what happens in the short stories, it's, like, not... It's not surprising enough for me. Yeah. And normally if I fall asleep listening to a book and I wake up and I've missed 5, missed five minutes of it, I'll go back and listen to it again. But and this last one you night don't. I fell asleep and then I woke up and I was like,
1: eh, I know no where I, I, yeah.
0: I know where I am here.
1: Um, so just to to bring everybody on on the same yeah. page, you've read Hyperion now
0: twice before. Twice.
1: Or now you're on your third time now. Um
0: Oh no, I'm not going to read it all okay. the way through. I'm not anyway, going to listen all the way. Through. I just want I, to get the tone and to make sure I just want sure. to say yeah.
1: it doesn't matter what you want to say. Yeah. I'm now saying that yeah. <laughs> that I have read it, when did you say, in 2012?
0: And you read it once in 2012. I read it
1: once in 2012. It was one of my first uh, back into science fiction books. Yeah. And I read it in, I don't even know which language I read it. Yeah. So it's it's hazy and I yeah. know roughly what it, what the structure was, but I don't remember yeah. basically anything of the no, story. No, I get it, I get it. I remember a wooden spaceship. Yep. Okay. See. Okay. This kind of stuff. there is a tree. They fly to This is the, level, they, they this is the to... level of my of my remembrance. So, I'm getting into this book. Yeah. Um. And I I know roughly Hyperion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I I I would never see. Probably will never see all these details the way you do.
0: Yeah. But here's a total fine thing. Let me go down to Tamahomi, rated it 3.5 stars, question mark. He actually says, I'm only writing this review, so Luke Burridge will read it on his SFBIP podcast. The audiobook is only 19 hours, a hop, skip, and a jump for Hamilton. Yeah, it's actually, for Peter Hamilton, it's actually quite a, quite a, quite short, a short book. Yeah. It's actually pretty good there as well. Um, uh, yeah, it says, there are some displacements, you turn weird characters, and I ended up reading and listening at the same time. That seemed to be the most fun. Um chapters take place in different times so pay attention to that what i'm saying is that of like if you just go it's structured like hyperion if that's where you come into it Mm. it's fine but it might only be a three and a half star four star novel but if you're like It's not just structured like Hyperion. This is Peter F. Hamilton going, doing his Hyperion, but also doing his Hyperion in a way which means that you don't have to rely on that, but also doing the Hyperion that it pays off. There's so many more fun things that you would pick up on. And again, it's just sort of like an elevated thing. So I don't think Hyperion's doing the hard work for this book. And I don't think previous Peter F. Hamilton novels are doing the hard work for this book. But it's. It's in there for readers like me who read um, *The Light Brigade* by Cameron Hurley, and I just got Oh, this is a five-star book! And of course, it's it's him doing his thing in that for me in such a such a high level. Again, if you if you don't pick up on all the Hyperion references, it's fine. And yeah, it's fine. It's a good book. I would say, then say it's probably a good four-star book. Yeah. But for me, he pulled it off like he did it in such a way, which even me, like I say, even me knowing the twists in every in every part of Hyperion and remembering the overall story in knowing that oh one of the people in hyperion is an enemy agent and it's going to kick off it like and they're doing it on the even of invasion or war or something like even knowing all of that every time i came across the next thing in that it wasn't like uh yeah i kind of know that they're going to fly some things into a death star and there's going to be a lightsaber fight at the end and there's going to be a you know a pointless space battle and then Mm -hmm. you know and then the end but the good the bad guy survives and is going to be there for the you know it wasn't that kind of thing like oh yeah i kind of know what's going to happen and it's going to like with uh what is it the star trek into darkness you just like well i know like that nothing is going to surprise me here mm-hmm. because i know they're going to introduce khan someone's going to shout khan they're going to go into a reactor at the end and one of them is going to die and you're like always oh, my closest friend or whatever you know all that kind of stuff yeah. you just you kind of know what's going to like you, you know the setup you know yeah. how it's going to pay off yeah. because they're going to they're stay within the bounds of the story yes. for the people who are already fans of it yeah Peter F Hamilton doesn't have to do that because most of the people who read this book and enjoy it aren't also going to have been someone who who've read and reviewed Hyperion twice on their podcast and talked to talked to about talked to it wasn't going to be the first novel that they ever talked to their girlfriend on their po- girlfriend on their podcast about. If you know what I mean, yeah. you understand yeah, yeah. what I'm no, saying no, like it. that. But um, for someone like me who is, I'm yes. like yes, this is a great book okay. for me. Five um, stars.
1: What I always appreciate with Peter F Hamilton yeah. is the excessive like. Um, depth of that his his characters, his worlds are being thought of. Yeah, he's and, very rigorous
0: uh, he's yeah.
1: Im- It's impressive and it's rarely that you uh, find uh, and his world buildings isn't just, okay, I have this planet something happens and I know all about this planet. Yeah. No, 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 it's about his, his worlds are uni- universes yeah. and universes, universes, yeah. and and this is what always really, really impresses me: uh, the um, the extent yeah. that he has. I I, I have no idea how, how his his writing process works, but it feels like he has libraries of of characters and yeah. stories and backgrounds. Here's, and here's the thing things. with this:
0: you go, you don't know how it works. I know that when he does these big series, he knows what the story is throughout the entire trilogy and you know yeah. he knows that yeah. because like I say in the in the evolutionary no the dreaming void the void series yeah. he's setting things up in the first chapter of the first book which is paid off like it, but not just sort of like oh it's referenced later on or whatever like that. No, it's it's properly it's like it properly, properly setting things and, up yes. and it paying off his story. And that's why I trust him with the Jew Lost chapters. Even though I said oh it's a bit disappointing that I wouldn't say nothing happens because it was doing work within the book. Yeah. But I totally understand it that those are characters that are going to be more important in the second book later. or the, or even in the third book. Yeah. And I'm fine with them just being introduced now. Yes. And it works. it worked for me. it was okay. kind of like a it, it's kind of like a good breakup because that's the element which isn't the frame story mm-hmm. and it isn't just the backstory you know those short stories in the past so it, it, it's a, like another element so the like the overall structure isn't purely um Hyperion or canterbury tales it's like uh, it's like Hyperion, but also if there was chapters from Fall of Hyperion sprinkled into, out through interwoven. showing what the stakes were of mm-hmm. what was going down here because right. you don't get that in Hyperion and no. like people go into a planet and that's what I wanted it's I wanted in that second separated. book in the fall of Hyperion I was like tell me why this was important and, and, and wh- they got what's... into it and I was like oh, I just don't care why it was important it felt important but it was never explained really how important yeah. it was yeah. and then you get to the second book and you're like oh it turns out I don't care how important it was and that's yeah. really disappointing and this yeah. kind of shows how important what's happening now yeah. in this book in the in the now times in the frame then. story is going to be later yeah okay. All right so let's wrap it up five stars from you then five stars from me but again this is a luke Burridge rating based on personal subjective this enjoyment is like
1: going right into your bullseye yeah and of... peter
0: hamilton can do it to me because he sets his like he literally has characters from places like he where i've lived and places that i visited and it's yeah. really interesting to go and then he went through this place and popped out in this city and he walked down this street and i was like i've been to that street like just here he's just very clever in like tailoring <laughs> the a book really, perfectly to a place where luke been really has been on holiday if,
1: if you would have started uh, listening to this ebook and happened to be in Ushuaia. It's
0: which happened to me. Have, could have. No, it has happened to me many times yes. before. When I've listened to a book, it happened to me when I was in India yeah. and I was uh, I was in Mumbai yeah. in India and I was listening to what was it? Oh I, no, I think it was the. Um, it was when we were doing the culture read through. Yeah. And in there, there's a a, a a short story or one of the novellas in the uh, state of the art book. Yeah. So it's set on Earth. Yes. And she goes to. Uh, India and yeah. sees the poverty in India, and I yeah. was listening to that while I was in India, and it's happened many times before. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: so this is this is uh, it's just it just fits yeah. so well with
0: Zoo City. I remember was another one. Yeah. Zoo City was based it, in, uh, South, in, in South Johannesburg, yeah. and then we were in Johannesburg, and I was like, yeah. Oh, what's that building? Oh, that's an impressive building. I think that was definitely mentioned in <laughs> the book. And guess where? And guess where the uh, the the grand finale, the 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 final showdown of that book takes place? In, in that, that tower building. block. Yeah. In that tower block. In that exact place and yeah. you're like, oh, right, yeah. okay for people who visited Johannesburg that book that play, ha, has that, more meaning yes it has more meaning because if you know that tower you're like how can you set a, a, a book in Johannesburg and not mention that tower and all the way through it's kind of been mentioned and they also had in that book there was the different um, uh, spoils of the gold mining there right and, they had and all these, we, we actually yeah, saw we actually things. saw those spoils and are yeah. like oh that's where like the book that I'm listening to right now is is there as well yeah. and I think at the same time though I was reading the um, Alistair Reynolds book the elephant you know the elephant books oh, Oh, yeah, the, uh, Blue Remembered Earth. Uh, yeah, Blue Remembered Earth. or no, the first one in that one. Or is that the first book?
1: I think that's the oh, first okay. book. Okay.
0: Anyway, and that was set in there's lots of stuff set in Tanzania yeah. and and using uh um Mount uh, Is it Mount Kenya uh or whatever Kilimanjaro. That, Yeah, yeah no, Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Yeah, Mount Kenya and Kilimanjaro and we drove past both of those yes. cuz they're like they both from the same um like uh, volcanic uh, activity, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're using Kilimanjaro as a as a cannon to shoot things into space or whatever. So yeah. Tanzania, because it's right on the equator, yeah. became a space hub industry and became actually yeah, like, it's, it's uh, re-
1: it fits really well. It fits
0: really well. And yeah. reading that book while you're there, I think that was one of the books that I read. But anyway, that happens to me more often than not that I'll be listening to a book yeah. and I'm like, I'm here. I mean, look, I'm I'm right here. This is this has been mentioned. This yeah. Is
1: great. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So it fits really well in your what Luke enjoys and yeah, likes. It's and a book.
0: It, it, Peter F. Hamilton wrote a book for, for Luke, <laughs> Luke in the same way in the same but here's the thing. It, it, it doesn't happen often, but it literally happens like once a year I'll read a book which is sort of like Nine Fox Gambit. You and Harley, how did you know that this was just the book that was that was for, for me? I saw a fun yeah. um uh, a fun uh, a fun comic where someone there was like a hole in the wall. You know like a cartoon hole in the wall where there's a hole. Um of uh, like and, and you sh- sh- you throw someone through a hole and it's the, it's is a person-shaped hole like yeah. that and someone's going like this hole this hole this is, is for me. me this hole is for me and i was like oh this hole this this book this hole is for me and again i totally understand it if other people are going to give it three and a half stars tamahomi and i totally understand it. if people even give it three stars they're like ah oh, i've seen this before with peter hamilton it's just him doing portals and stuff and i'm just like all right okay good portals great that's the the portal is the start it's not like the end thing like the portals aren't the end of the story yeah. like they are in these other it's books the portals like the... are now the start of the story it's like yes. okay assume portals then the... assume
1: let's play Hyperion Portals then, being yeah a, a normal thing
0: we've talked for an hour and 10 minutes about this book yes uh, anything else you want to say to the listeners
1: um now i'm going to continue reading it uh it's a thousand uh, pages. but again funny. it's a it's short book
0: for peter F. Hamilton. i know it really
1: is i really i i, I mean i have uh, listened to all the pandora star judas unchained and yeah. what was it i forgot yeah
0: um it takes so, a long time to get through <laughs> oh
1: so, like uh no, no, so, <laughs> there's only project. two books in that series but it was separated into yeah, in, like in, five in e-books. german in, in german, german it was, it was, was uh, like each one was uh, three audiobooks phew. yeah yeah no, um, so. But
0: I don't know. I think this is just a trilogy. Actually, let's have a look. It's called Sal- on Goodreads. It's Salvation Sequence Number One. The next one is Salvation Lost, and then The Saints of Salvation. Um, so yeah, Salvation Lost. Uh, let's see uh, what goes on there. That's uh, yeah. That was uh, published 2019, and then uh, Saints of Salvation expected publication 2020. I saw October is roughly when that, it's going to come so out. It's a,
1: it's, but these are highly
0: rated books. Like 4.19 is a it's pretty high rating. Pretty good. So it's not just me who enjoys this no, book. It is actually well regarded. Maybe only Peter F. Hamilton fans have read it, yeah, and so and they're so all giving it's
1: it a, a selection bias. But let's see. I'm I'm going to read it, and um, we're going to talk about it in the next. Yeah, when we do the episode for the next book, yeah,
0: you'll t- you'll see more about that. We'll we'll yes. spend the first five minutes you saying what you enjoyed about this, and then we'll go into the next to book the next in the one. series. Yeah, let's um, uh,
1: let's do that.
0: Yes. Uh, any other updates? Your health? You're doing good from your operation. I'm doing all your all your stitches fell out, and yeah. your scars so are now looking I'm better. I'm all
1: just by myself again. No external uh, uh, pipes and things uh,
0: uh, things going yeah. in.
1: No, it's good. I'm 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 feeling well. I can sleep on my left side again. It's not poking it's yeah. weird it's like <laughs> weird things happening on my left side.
0: I'm doing okay. I'm still an unemployed professional juggler at the moment, but yeah. uh, doing some other bits of work. I mentioned before on the um the pandemic no no what what do you call it? The coronavirus update, update. that we did, which yeah. was actually a juggling podcast update, but I published it here on the feed and uh yeah. so uh, if you if you've been interested in, in hearing the updates, it's going it's going okay. I'm doing some work now. Like I said, I was hoping to do doing some game development stuff in there yeah. i'm actually getting money for that now which is i
1: find that super impressive it is
0: super impressive and it came from me mentioning that on the podcast so thanks yeah. a lot for for podcast listeners uh so for supporting, for supporting even uh, and literally giving me work yeah, it's, is so it's really good I, I think
1: that that added a lot to your uh, mental health uh um, oh, yeah. just so you know that you can
0: yeah. uh but also i just want to say it's a i know it's a big ask and everyone is at the moment you know out of work and stuff like that but if you do want to support this podcast if you go into over to patreon.com forward slash luke burch it's all about juggling stuff uh but uh, that is a way if you want to support us on a on a uh, two dollars uh, or oh, one dollar a month or five dollars yeah. a month or ten dollars a month if you give us 25 dollars we will do an episode uh normally i say we'll do an episode of the podcast or the juggling podcast that we do on on your topic of choice but if you do give us uh, uh, if you do support us at the $25 uh, a month oh, l- we level. Do, we do a, um... a specific book. We may do a specific book depending on, Ooh, on what it is. I'm not going to do a fifth book in the series and have to write five books up until the point. Or, and, or a
1: book where you really hated the first two or something. Yeah,
0: or something like that. I'm not going to review short
1: stories, novellas. No, no, not going not to short, well.
0: short stories or novellas or short story collections. Probably not. No, I might, I, I could do that because that's a good way of somebody saying, "Hey, you should really read this," and I wouldn't be mad about it. But yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate read anything. So if it's an author uh, that we totally like, hate
1: hominids oh yeah
0: hominids who was who did hominids um and that kind of stuff let's, let's go in there fine. the canadian oh uh, yeah robert j sawyer i'm not just gonna hate read a robert j sawyer uh novel just it, for, it's not worth for it people
1: to get a but i'm just a saying,
0: you don't have to give us 25 dollars. i'm just saying if you want to support uh, support us in our current coronavirus luke is a professional juggler with literally zero paid juggling gigs until the end of the year or literally, for the rest of my life at the moment. Well, um, let's see. You can patreon.com forward slash Luke Burge and check it out. Um, and Same follow for me, by at, the way. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm that, a professional that's for singer. That's, that's for both no of
1: us. No singing gigs right now.
0: Okay, that's it. Um, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Goodbye.